0: Day here on the Winkly and I'm your host the managing editor of Wrestling Inc. Nick Housman joined as always here on uh on these Wednesdays by my good buddy Justin Labar. Justin welcome back to the Winkly.
1: Huff day. <laughs> woof, woof,
0: woof, woof. Oh man we're getting it going here buddy I'm excited about today we got well, I you know it was an unusually busy 24-hour news cycle for pro wrestling. I
1: feel like it's always busy this time of year.
0: Yeah, that's true. I mean, it is WrestleMania season here,
1: so we got a lot to 20, get to. And 2019 especially has been busy. Oh,
0: 2019, yeah, this has been a cra- you know it's just a crazy time for pro wrestling. You know, I may even have to expand this a, a day or two here throughout the week with the Winkley pretty soon. Um, before we get into all of the news of the day, uh, real quickly, I got two congratulations. Uh, one came in just before the show started. Justin, uh, our good buddy Andy Malnaski, um, who has actually had. A uh, couple interviews here, uh, air here on the Winkley does work for Wrestling Inc. Uh, he just tweeted out, proud to announce a special opportunity this Saturday night. I'll be part of the WWE pre-show for the Road to WrestleMania live event at Elmira's First Arena in an announcer capacity. Hustle hard, stay on attack, humbled by this shot. Very Congrats to him. That's always pretty cool to, to actually get to be a part of the show like that.
1: For sure, for sure. Where is it at? Where where is the show at?
0: It's in Elmira. Elmira is New York. Let
1: me check. Well, that's cool. Well, good for him.
0: Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's Elm. I'm pretty sure it's Elmira, New York. Let me see here. Elmira, New York, nailed it. Sweet, got it. Uh, all right. The other congratulations. Uh, we didn't do it yesterday, Justin. I don't know how this didn't make the run sheet, but we have another Hall of Fame inductee uh, going into the Hall of Fame this year. She is accepting the WWE Hall of Fame. Warrior Award, and it is 30-plus year uh, WWE employee Sue Attison, uh, who has uh, been a big part of WWE expanding their relationship uh, with Make-A-Wish over the years, and uh, she's helped out with a variety of other outreach projects. It's very cool. I I like that this is more in the spirit of what I think the Ultimate Warrior had in mind for this award.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, I know people have, have, have talked about this, about wanting to try to honor the people that are behind the scenes that, we, that um, don't get as much FaceTime. And uh, everybody I've talked to, I don't know Sue personally, but everybody I've talked to uh, just has such glowing things to say about her. And if you actually want to uh, see one of her cameos that she did make, uh, you can go back to Backlash, I believe it's Backlash 01 when Jericho and William Regal were having a match and a feud and uh, Sue actually played the Duchess of Queensbury.
0: Oh, well, a little tidbit. Easter egg for everybody out there. Uh, who doesn't, who doesn't uh, remember the uh, Duchess of Queensbury?
1: It was a Queensbury rules match. <laughs>
0: Good. I love the long silences that sometimes happen. I'm going to play into them more, you know. Uh, Anyway, plug. uh, Let me plug. I read the I read the run sheet. I said the word out loud. Uh, We've got two big interviews here uh, later in the show. Of course, uh, it's been a big, busy time of the year for us. I'm doing two at a time right now on the show. I don't know if that'll last forever interview wise, Uh, but I sat down. I got to chat with uh, Tony Schiavone yesterday. He's going to be in my backyard here of Chicago for C2E2 this weekend. Uh, Talked all about the world of MLW, his podcast Uh, A.E.W., a lot more. I really, really like this talk. Uh, I think you guys are going to enjoy it as well. And I'm going to be airing today the interview I did with former MLW champion Loki. Uh, This was a really cool interview to do because uh, I'm a big Loki fan, first of all. Loved his work and and impact with the exhibition and everything. Uh, But I got to do this interview in person. Uh, at MLW's Intimidation Games uh, about a week and a half ago, and we did it in the actual locker room. Like, they'd started letting fans in, so low-key just grabbed me, and he said, follow me, and he walked me through the MLW MLW locker room to a back area. So this interview is uh, very good because it's low-key, and he sounds like a a jazz radio host as it is with that deep bassy voice. Uh, But it's even better, I think, because you get the background ambient sound of what it is like to be in an actual pro-wrestling locker room. Um, So... Very excited to air both of those here today, Tony Schiavone and Loki. After we get to the news, you can use news that will leave a bruise. Let's get to it here. SmackDown Live was last night, and a couple uh, big pieces of news coming out of SmackDown Live last night. First of all, Kofi Kingston was supposed to uh, go through this gauntlet match. If he wins the gauntlet match, he's going to be entered in the WWE title match at WrestleMania. He manages to beat all these men, Justin. And at the last second there, after he got that surprise win on Randy Orton, Vince McMahon comes out and says, well, you know what? You've actually got one more opponent. It's WWE champion Daniel Bryan, who beat him in about five minutes, squashed his opportunity. Justin, what did you make here of the uh, rubber band man that has become Kofi Kingston with how he's getting pulled around these days?
1: Well, I mean, his his performance was very entertaining. Um, did not expect the ending. Uh, I don't think anybody did. I think we all just expected him to finally win and, okay, we can make the graphic official. It's Kofi versus Daniel Bryan. You know when somebody tells a joke and they get a good laugh. Sure. And then they maybe then, then they add something to it. And they, they 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 do the add on and they still get a little bit of laugh. But then they keep going and then it's like all right, you, you killed it. The joke's not funny anymore. I feel like that's where what Vince is doing with Kofi Kingston. It's like, like you know, the whole thing with Kofi caught fire when he when he came in and did the gauntlet to to get the spot to replace Mustafa Ali, and then his performance at, at the chamber, and it's like the joke was really hot, really good. And it's like, now Vince is just like, he's like, let's see how much more, you know, they're, they're going to love it. If I keep stretching it out and then, and, you know, and making them wait longer. I I feel like that's what he's doing. And I I feel like everybody at this point is kind of, you know, at the point where it's like, okay, we, we pretty strongly feel that he is the guy you're going to put in the ring at WrestleMania with Dan O'Brien. Let's just make it official. (laughs) Dude,
0: But that's the thing is they did this with Becky too. And it makes me upset because I was like, oh, fresh start here with Kofi. We'll learn from the mistakes of Becky. You know, you don't need to throw a million things in his way. And here we are, and, and they're doing the, almost the exact same thing they did with Becky Lynch, but now with Kofi Kingston a month later. And I don't think that what they did with Becky with all of the having to apologize, suspended, not suspended, Kofi, you have a shot, you don't have a shot. I, you know, I'm with you. I don't think the fans want this. I think, you know, you could have just got, given Kofi the win here, set up Daniel Bryan, and there's a, any number of things you could have done for, creatively for the next three weeks to keep these guys apart and build heat going into this match at
1: WrestleMania. Well, and yeah, I mean, you have all these guys. You have these guys that just got beat by Kofi, so they got ended up getting beat ultimately for nothing. I mean, it's not like it, they didn't get beat, in, in, in the you know and the gauntlet match that sends Kofi to WrestleMania. And then, if Kofi still is Daniel Bryan's opponent at WrestleMania, which again we all assume because who the hell else would be at this point, um, like. W- whatever whatever Kofi does like let, let's say if Kofi has to win some other match next like whatever Kofi does to uh, finally get vince to like let him to be the the it, it's, it's going to be underwhelming compared to all the hoops he's already had to go through yeah i mean like if 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 if, if the new day you know if, if woods and big e just demand vince to meet him in the ring and they just you know verbally you know tear down vince and get vince to change his mind which that actually is something that can actually happen it sounds ridiculous but i, I mean like how how underwhelming is that going to be that Kofi did all this physical work and he didn't get it, but it, but it, but you know, it's just like, you really can't, how much, how much more can you do besides? So he just went 55 minutes in his second gauntlet match in a month. So he's done two one hour gauntlet matches. Like there's nothing, I mean, there's nothing else you can have him do. That'll be any greater of a feat. So it's just, it's going to seem ridiculous.
0: You know, here's the thing is I brought this up on the show before and, uh, you know, and I don't think that you necessarily agreed with me if I recall. This was a while ago where I was like, you know, when Vince first came back to TV and he was doing all this stuff there was all screwed, I was like, maybe there's a longer plan here with what's going on with Vince because his, his behavior on TV is so consistent. And, you know, before Vince came back to TV, the talking point was Vince is too involved and it is affecting the product in a negative way. And I think that, and, and this is maybe me just talking about wrestling a lot, putting together some pieces here. But it does not surprise me that when they brought him to TV, he is now physically manifesting the criticisms he was receiving before he came on TV. And now he is—we are—we are literally not just talking about the guy behind the curtain. We are consistently talking about the guy in front of the curtain, the character Vince McMahon, putting his nose in, in main event stuff, big stories, affecting programming, affecting the direction of stories, like it is. It is. It is fiction. Like it's not. It's not news behind the curtains anymore. It's just a part of the show. And I. I. I have to believe if it's so conscious like that, this is building to something. You know, I have to believe this is building to a confrontation or the board of directors getting involved or something like that, where Vince's behavior has become just so flippantly erratic and bad for the direction of of the stories and the, and the matches that are being you know told in the in the WWE universe. I. I mean, in in my in my depths. I have to believe that, I think.
1: Maybe. I mean, because it goes back to like, you know, you know, the interactions he had with AJ Styles, which feels like forever ago. And like, I mean, there's just so much stuff that just kind of just it doesn't really, you know, doesn't make sense. They they this goes into into what would occupy the opening of the yesterday's podcast. You know, the McMahon's go the McMahon's the characters go on TV and what I guess end of twenty eighteen. And remove Baron Corbin from power, and they basically scapegoat him as the reason why they had low ratings and all the all the actual real life complaints that were coming from the audience. Right. And then they and they have then they have Baron Corbin become Kurt Angle's opponent. So it's like I don't know. I, I just you know I told everybody at the end of 2018 when there was supposed to like this new, this new era of like, you know, of, of the McMahons were out back on TV and they, they got rid of fictional authority figures. They got rid of Paige as They got rid of Baron Corbin as these authority figures. And, and I said, to everybody, I said, let's wait, let's give this a few months and see if this truly plays out. Let's see if it truly does feel. And all I can say is now, you know, what, three months later, or almost three months later, there's just a whole lot of things that just, I feel like never got wrapped up. And I don't know if that's, because there's been a lot of changes internally with all the all the new hires and, and creative shuffling, so we hear, and that's obviously not this is not a normal time to, to have all that shuffling. You know, this is WWE's busiest time. This isn't usually when they'd be shaking up internally. So I don't know if that's playing a factor. I think it has to. I don't know what it is, but it's, there's just a lot of things that just that don't. I just. They have no conclusion. They have no reasoning for it.
0: See, but here's the thing. It's like when they brought Shane back, right, uh, with the McMahons, they took over and everything. That's like right around when Shane started this stuff with the Miz, right? And I feel like they had a long-term plan for Shane. I feel like there's got to be a long, a longer-term angle here they're doing with Vince. It's just too consistent and, and from a character standpoint. And it just it seems so obvious. You know, the wrestlers are upset with him, right? Like in story right now, like the refer- the wrestlers, the, the, his own family has grievances they can make with this guy. I mean, you can write it, you can write it out. I, I, I just, I feel like there's gotta be more to this than just Vince constantly doing the same thing over and over again. I think it's gotta be building to something.
1: Well, if there, if it is, if it is, there's only, there's really two logical options. One obviously is WrestleMania, but it seems like if you know we're kind of running short, of time I, I think it's night it's after this.
0: WrestleMania. I, I wonder if Vince doesn't well, do something screwy well, on the that, show.
1: That, that's what I was going to say. If it's not Mania, then it would be uh, what a week after Mania when there's a superstar shakeup. That would be when the, that would be the logical time for there to be a struggle of power, right? That would be the logical time if the rest of his family is going to take in the task or if there was some fantasized. Triple H leads a revolution to throw Vince off of power. You know, whatever it would be the superstar shakeup, right? Yeah, so.
0: yeah. And Triple H now is a babyface, right? Because Batista's a heel.
1: Correct. Okay, I'm
0: just keeping, i just keeping but, balls and strikes in check uh, here.
1: And it's, it's, I told you, you, you need a story, you need a scorecard.
0: <laughs> uh, I mean, babyface uh, Triple H here, heel Vince McMahon coming out of WrestleMania. It is very interesting to think about. Uh, all right. Uh, last night, coming out of SmackDown as well, a new match was ma- announced for WrestleMania. Rey Mysterio is going to challenge Samoa Joe for the U.S. title. Uh, in the process, Rey reintroduced his son Dominic to the WWE universe after 11 years. Um, and the Wrestling Observer was reporting that the original plan was for Rey to face Andrade. Of course, uh, it did look like Joe would maybe be facing John Cena. I guess, uh, as uh, you know, our truth had been calling out John Cena and all that. But here we go, kind of. Kind of thrown together, Ray and Samoa Joe. I I don't know. Uh, it it did catch me off guard. How about you?
1: Oh yeah, completely. I right? this, this, What sense does this make? None. I don't. Understand. I mean, like, th- yeah, this makes. I mean, I'm sure the two of them will probably put on a really good match. That uh, that'll be a, a very interesting uh, mesh of their styles. But um yeah, this this what, 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 like what like and and, and <laughs> why why not Ray and Andrade? I feel like I feel like every. I feel like every so many months we're due for a report that comes out that, uh, you know, WB is always looking to, you know, to, 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 capitalize on, 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 uh, on, 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 the Mexican audience. Uh, yeah. You know, they, they, you know, I don't know. They want to, they want to capitalize on the Latino audience. And, you know, we hear about on, you know, on, you know, Andrade gets a few weeks of a push and then it's not, I, I don't know It's just a more, more erratic, more erratic decision-making.
0: Here's what I thought when I watched this all play out, Justin, I am very worried for Dominic. Samoa Joe is an unstable man. Dominic has been training, so I'm sure at some point this kid's going to get cockneed clutched, maybe thrown through a wall, you know, to get under Ray's skin. This Do- I think Dominic's going to take a whoop in here at some point from Samoa Joe.
1: I really want to see Dominic actually walk to the ring w- with his father because I mean it, it was deceiving to tell just in that in that steady shot last night. You know, obviously Ray is not a tall person, so it's it's like I, I want to see like how big is Dominic actually because he looked, you know, I mean he's he, he looked, you know, looked like he's he had, he looked like he looks like a wrestler in terms of body size.
0: Yeah, I think I was talking to Conan a couple of weeks ago on the show about because he was working with Dominic and he just he was like he's a very different guy. He's, he's very different than his dad. You know, they're different sizes. You know, you're not going to get Rey Mysterio Junior. Junior. I think you're going to get a very different persona from Dominic. Uh, When he does start to wrestle, but I mean, at the same token, you know, you say you want to see Dominic come to the ring with Ray at WrestleMania. I would love to see that too. But if Samoa Joe, you know, brutalizes his kid next week and he goes off TV, and the next time we see him is walking his dad to the ring at WrestleMania, or even helping his dad beat Samoa Joe at WrestleMania, you know, there's, I think that's that could be a fun little, compelling story you can do in the next couple weeks.
1: Wendy Dominic, he just like terrorizing all the families in WWE. Man,
0: well, that's his whole thing, right? He doesn't. He doesn't he ter- mind doing
1: he ter- that. He ter- he terrorizes families. He 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 he, he you know, pokes and prods at Jeff Hardy's past problems. He's just a yeah. he's just a personal life uh, pariah.
0: I feel for Ma- I fear for Maxell and Wolfie if uh, Matt Hardy ever gets in the crosshairs of Samoa Joe.
1: Oh, uh, Rebbie will take care of Samoa Joe <laughs> good and quick.
0: <laughs> I love the idea of him going to their house and Rebby just has a ball bat just like, get the f out here. <laughs> uh, take take take
1: take it from somebody who was. Re- I mean I. Uh, I, I've ridden. I've ridden many hours in a car with Rebby and Matt. And and Rebby is a, a wonderful mom and a pretty cool person. But I have seen her when she's at her pissed off, and that is not. That is not a person I want to be with that side of. Say oh, that. man!
0: Now I want to see Samoa Joe try to enter the Hardy compound. Oh, all right. Oscar. Uh, it was announced is going to face the winner of a match, a uh, fatal four way next week on SmackDown between Carmella, Naomi, Mandy Rose, and Sonya Deville. Um, you know, I. I mean, Mandy Rose would they they already did it. I don't know. Do any of these do any of these matchups particularly jump out at you, Justin?
1: I'm a fan of Sonya Deville. I like her persona. Um I don't think it's going to be Oscar versus Sonya Deville. I, I I mean no, it doesn't. I'm, like I said like I said yesterday. To no fault of Oscar's, but it's just this is just not the this is not the WrestleMania season to be holding a women's championship opposite of the other women's championship that involves the three participants that it does i mean you're just this is just this is just an unfortunate time and you don't want to i mean you know you're not going to top what ronda becky and charlotte do
0: you know and it's interesting you say sonia because of the four women i think that would be the freshest matchup so i actually would go with sonia and with her mma background paired with oscar i bet those two women would actually have a really good undercard women's title match for that with that
1: yeah yeah you know, i just like sonia's look um i like her look i like the entrance when uh well, we see her more now making an entrance with Mandy Rose and Mandy has like the, the, like, the like the porn effect. But I like the um, when Sonya comes out by herself and she gets in the ring and her, and her hard camera poses her shadow boxing. And, and they have like this this uh, spotlight on her. I mean, it's just I don't know. I like I like I like yeah. the look. I like what I've seen. So, yeah, it would be fresh.
0: And here's the thing is we could have a simple matchup between a good guy and a bad guy where they're both badasses and tough and, and then leads to a very compelling match. How, how different for the, the WrestleMania card this year?
1: <laughs> yes, I'll do. What a standout!
0: <laughs> Everyone's gonna walk away and be like, "Oh, wow, Sonia and Oscar. Who'd have thought they stole the show?" And it's like, "Yes, K I S Yes.
1: This right? is this is WrestleMania 35, <laughs> Shades of Gray. Yes. <laughs> that's
0: the, Ooh. That's Ooh, that's good. Great. You should take their very brightly colored WrestleMania uh, logo and grayscale it. Maybe gonna, I will. Yeah, maybe you will put on a t-shirt. All right. Lastly, coming out of the SmackDown. Uh, taping last night, actually at 205 Live, uh, Tony Nese defeated Cedric Alexander to win the tournament uh, to become the number one contender for the Cruiserweight Championship at WrestleMania. So, uh, yeah, it'll be uh, Tony Neese versus Buddy Murphy. Uh, there'll be two men, 16 abdominal muscles. Uh, it'll be I'm, these two are great. Purebred athletes. This, this should be a, I'm, I'm going to guess the hottest way possible to to start the show. I bet this is the, the first match on the on the
1: kickoff show. Yeah and I mean uh, I mean obviously I'm sure that hopefully there'll be a decent enough people that are tuning in starting their WrestleMania marathons at home uh, I can tell you from having been at the last uh, nine WrestleManias in a row that this especially all these recent ones that are getting longer and longer I mean the stadium might be might be a quarter full at that point or 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 in terms of a quarter full of people in their seats um I you know and which is unfortunate but again that's kind of like the that's I mean that you know, WWE makes the bed, they have to the lay in. I mean, that's what happens when you when you have these events at this long and you know, it, and it takes, you know, a certain amount of time for seventy five thousand people to get into these stadiums. And so I mean, I, I'll be honest, I probably won't see it live. I probably will not yet be in my seat. So I'll have to, you know, either have my phone have it on loaded on my phone watching it while while I'm not in my seat or I'll, you know, catch it the next day.
0: Yeah, very long show is WrestleMania. So anyway, that's why it may be good for them. Maybe that's the, maybe doing the first match, that's good. Then you can sit back in the back. There's like really nice catering this time of year. You know, just chill, crack a beer, whatever you want. You're done. So, All right, uh, let's talk about Kurt Angle. Uh, PW Insider reported that Kurt Angle was, in fact, hoping for a more high-profile final opponent than Baron Corbin. But according to them, the plan right now is to 100% Do this match. Now, Kurt Angle's wife, Giovanna, has since deleted the tweet uh, from yesterday where she called Baron Corbin as Kurt's last opponent. Very underwhelming. Uh, Kurt Angle also then went on Instagram and praised Baron Corbin as a legit tough guy. So, I mean, you know, I'll read directly into it. Um, I would guess Kurt was unhappy on Monday when he was told that you're going to face Baron Corbin. And then uh, late Tuesday got the message that this is on and you need to start taking this seriously.
1: Yeah. That's kind of what it seems like. Um, (laughs)
0: That's what I said. I will read directly into this.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It seems like uh, him and his, him and (laughs) it seems like they were reacting kind of honestly. And the we said, Hey, look, uh, this is what we have to promote. So we need to get on board. Um, You know, I still, I still acknowledge what you said yesterday and 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 I've touted it on, on, on my Twitter, which is, you know, if this, de- if this does happen, um, you know, I think, you know, Kurt Angle probably loses. And, you know, what a, what a, you know, what a, a notch on the resume for, what what a a, a bullet on the resume for, for Barrett Corbin to, to constantly get more and more heat, reminding us that he's the guy that retired Kurt Angle. Um, that said, I'm still not convinced. I'm not, I'm still not convinced that this isn't going to change whether PW Insider is right, but it does still end up changing, or whether PW Insider is wrong, and the whole plan all along is for this to be a bait and switch. I just, again... Um, if they've, you know, w- w- again, with, with with Cena now, okay, Cena's now not going to be Samoa Joe's opponent. So, you know, it's just, it, and the fact that WWE is just openly acknowledging, I mean, I think, I mean, they, they're saying it on commentary. They just keep openly acknowledging the, the, the fans' displeasure. And when we're in this hot time right now that we just talked about a few minutes ago of, of the McMahon's constantly dealing with Fan reaction, and giving the fans what they want, and the Kofi stuff, and removing Corbin from power, quote unquote power, a few months ago. It just, it just seems all too convenient that they will string this along until the, till the go home Raw, or maybe even the day off. Maybe even Baron Corbin comes out, gets as far as the ramp, and that's when one of the McMahon say, no, 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 and then all of a sudden you hear, you know, scene of music. I don't know. It just. I'm still not convinced. Yeah, no, no,
0: and there, and you could be very well right about that. Uh, the Observer also reporting uh, at the moment, John Cena does not have a WrestleMania opponent. Right? He out of the angle mix, it would sound out of the Samoa Joe U.S. title picture for sure. Is Joe's going to face Rey Mysterio? So, you know, that is a possibility. That kind of crossed my head is where, well, we're at the last second there; they could switch him out. But I just they they've invested so much in Baron Corbin. He's done such a good job as a heel. Right, And that's the thing. And and that's the thing is, like, it is so hard to find guys like Baron Corbett anymore. Right. Because as soon as fans who think they like you went off yesterday about fans who think they understand what heels are get upset because they're not getting the kind of heel they like, you know, people change directions. I'm saying the performers change directions, not even the creative team. You know what I mean? For a guy no, to, right. to double right. down, I, I I would reward this guy. I would see this thing all the way through and have him come out on Monday Night Raw and get the same reaction that Roman Reigns got two years ago after WrestleMania on Raw.
1: You know, yeah, just- on all, on all of that, you're exactly right, Nick. You're, on all of that, you're right. The performers do tend to change. And Baron Corbin, uh, to his credit, he 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 stands strong with the heat. He goes at people on social media. Um, yeah, I went on another rant this morning on my Twitter, which people can go check out, which was some guy was like. You know, Baron Corman's a terrible wrestler, blah blah blah. And to which I go, okay, what makes him a terrible wrestler? Like, what is it? it, it you know, it, 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 chances are, look, if you're if you're on the main roster WWE, with very few exceptions, if you're if you've made it that point, you're good in the ring. Obviously, some are better than others, but you're good bell to bell. Uh, if 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 fans are saying that somebody on WWE can't wrestle, chances are it's because that somebody. Uh, doesn't do flashy moves or sequences, so therefore, or, you know, it works a slower match. Which, which Baron, I mean, you, Baron Corbin's got a great set of moves. We actually watch and pay attention to his regular arsenal. He's got some great move sets. So you, it's like, I, I agree with you. you it, it would be a reward, mm-hmm. and I deal with it. Um, but I, but I still, I still have this doubt in my mind.
0: You know who Baron Corbin reminds me of? Is who? who is the big boss man? I thought about this the other day. I mean, he's not as like rotund. He's not in the in the belly area, but similar kind of. Uh, versatility for a big guy, right?
1: And, well, he does that same Him and Bossman both did. He does that. That uh, what is it called? The deep six. That's basically what did Bossman do that same kind of thing. He,
0: he did. Yeah. Well, Bossman's wasn't you know uh, exactly like that. It was a little bit more straightforward. Uh, Corbin puts a little twist on it, but um, you know, very similar. And again, it's like Big Bossman was great. Who didn't en- enjoy booing the Big Bossman back in the day? Was he going to be the world champion? I don't know. Maybe if he just stuck around, who knows? If things had gone a little differently, but he was always a top bad guy for for the most part. And um... that's, that's what I mean. That's what I went off
1: yesterday. The, the, the fans today that overanalyze the attributes of these heels, it's like we weren't doing this 25, 30 years ago. Like this is just ridiculous. But it, it, it's it's an evolution, and the internet's a main part of it. It's the evolution of wrestling fans uh, f- feeling like they have the criteria. It's, it, to, 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 to accurately judge this stuff
0: Okay, uh, lastly here I will. I don't want to move directly past the fact that According to the Observer, John Cena does not have a Mania opponent right now, so if not Kurt If not Joe um, What would you do with John Cena Right now? There's a lot of guys that don't have Dante Partners
1: oh, I mean, who I will? I mean, besides, obviously we know Elias is going to do the, the musical thing Who else doesn't have? Who, what other notable name? I mean, like I'd, I'd follow through on the R-Truth Stuff personally
0: I'd 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 find a fun way to put him with Truth.
1: I, I see if Truth She's still had the U.S. title, I'd, yeah. But I, to me, it'd be kind of they could do a rap like,
0: battle the night like the the SmackDown <laughs> before WrestleMania. John Cena, our Truth rap battle going into it. That's the, that was like a dream thing for a long time.
1: <laughs> was it a dream thing? Come on,
0: Truth was doing some diss tracks on John Cena when he was like in TNA. And Cena yeah. was like, "No sell at him," and everyone's like, mm, and "Now they're under the same roof." I mean, even if, I remember—I remember when I remember when, when truth came back to WWE, and people were like, "Oh, I don't know if he's gonna get along with Cena,"
1: you know. If if John Cena comes out to the to the basic thugonomics music and has the chain and the and the throwback jersey, if John Cena does that, John Cena comes out, I will be all for any of this you're talking about with him and r truth.
0: I think there's something there. I'm just saying, there's a lot of people with with the uh, dancing cards open right now. And on that note. Is it if he really doesn't have an opponent? And I mean, look, I'm all I'm legitimately I'm not just saying that for jokes. I'm legitimately behind the John Cena truth idea. But Braun Strowman's the only guy in the Andre battle royal right now. You're telling me you could have done something with Cena, Braun Strowman, and the SNL guys?
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, Cena, Cena and Braun, I that you know, when they when those two fought at um, no mercy, not this past, not this past fall, but the fall before that, um, you know, I remember, I remember saying like this is a freaking mania match. Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, cer- certainly Cena would be a, a guy, again, if you want to get involved in the mainstream stuff with um, the SNL guys, and this this would be a spot, obviously, here. Again, I, <laughs> as I said, if Braun's going to be the damn battle Royal. I want to see him eliminate every single person. No yeah. no, no, no excuses.
0: All right, uh, shifting, uh, shifting gears here, a couple more topics before we get to uh, Shivani and Loki here. Uh, WWE has announced that Dana Brooke sustained a hyperextended left elbow and ligament tears at the hands of Raw Women's Champion Ronda Rousey on Raw. They also say she was taken to a local Chicago hospital for examination after the show. I mean uh, Medical facility. Oh medical facility. Apologies. I did freestyle <laughs> that line into my uh my run sheet there. Uh whatever. Go- damn it, pal, it's a <laughs> medical facility. Whatever. I have li- I have friends that are actual say doctors. I-, I thought about calling one of my doctor friends who works at a- I won't say where where he works but I have a friend who's a, a-, a doctor here and I almost called him and be like did Dana Brooke come in on Monday night do you hear any can you check your files but uh no this seems to be largely storyline what's I mean Dana Brooke she dropped you know she's got she dropped all the makeup she looks a little different I mean I don't I I, I don't I-, I don't know was she just the warm-up act here for Ron going into mania what do you see for Dana in the future
1: Yeah, I think they just needed somebody, they needed some casualty that they could say Ronda injured and we can have off TV for a few weeks. And I think not having Dana Brooke on TV for the next few weeks, it really won't be much of a change from the past. So that's just, that was the justification there.
0: Yeah. Um, uh, Megan Olivey did a sit-down interview with Dana White, the uh, um, president of UFC. And Dana said that he, uh, when Brock wants to have a fight, he will always just call Dana. And Dana said he's hoping to hear from Brock uh, uh, sometime this summer. After he finishes up with the WWE stuff, so just another tease there from Dana White about Brock coming back. Uh, Dana's already said Daniel Cormier is the guy he would give uh, Brock to fight when he comes back. Um, but the, you know the offers on the table there, and man, I don't know with Roman ba- with Roman back. Is it? I don't know that it's a given. Seth takes his title now. Roman's supposed to be the guy to take the title.
1: Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm laughing here because uh, you know we, we, we always discuss about how every year around Mania we think we know Brock's losing, and then all of a sudden somehow you know some 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 extension to the contract, some amount of money, and I just find it find it curious timing. Here we are, a little you know three three weeks out from Mania, uh, and all of a sudden there's an interview that pops up of Dana White saying, "Yeah, Brock's going to be back here sooner than later," It's just just enough negotiation leverage if you're a Brock Lesnar to Vince McMahon. Just it's, it's always fun timing.
0: Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I completely agree with you on that. And uh, I, yeah, I just I don't know. I I heard this and immediately it popped in my head. I was like, I don't think Seth's winning this title. You know, Roman's the guy to win the title.
1: Well, especially if um, you know, cause I, I don't think there's any chance that Brock Lesnar and Seth Rollins you know, ends the show. I really don't. I really think it's, <clears throat> it's it's probably the triple threat of the women. I mean, it would, it would in a way it'd be cool Kofi and Brian, but I can actually see Kofi and Brian starting the show and then we end with the women. Um, so, yeah, I mean, so I, I don't see – I don't know. I mean, I, mean I guess Seth still has a chance. My point is it's going to be a match that's going to be wedged somewhere in the middle of the card, and so it's not going to be – you know, the, the slaying of the beast will not be how they go off the air if that happens. Yeah.
0: Um, Total Bellas drew an average of 390,000 viewers this past Sunday. Uh, that is a new low for the series. The season finale is this Sunday. I bring this up just because um, if you're not watching Total Bellas this season – you should. It's pretty good. It's like the women's revolution up up and through evolution from the perspective of the Bella Twins. And I just, I can't say enough about how interesting I think this series is right now. And also because there's a, a lot of Daniel Bryan, like him getting the ring rust knocked off. He's still at this point in the series, come the season finale, it'll be like just before he turns heel, but he's talking a lot in the show about um you know how he wants to be more a more of a conservationist help the world how he feels bad he's not doing enough for the planet it's look i know there's a lot of things that can be said about total bellas whatever you don't you don't want to enjoy it whatever i'm telling you tune in I, i think this sunday's finale will be good that was good
1: i enjoy the show when i catch it um I think the low rating, the low viewership. I think you have to attribute some of it probably to the fact that neither the neither of the of the twins are on WWE programming anymore regularly. So I think that I think that does make it that does like, well, think they are a little. I mean, I, I, a little out of sight, a little out of mind.
0: Well, the thing is, like on you know last week's episode, Brie announced she's retired. Evolution was her swan song. That was the last Brie wanted to do in, in pro wrestling. She's going to stay home, be a mom. Daniel Bryan's going to wrestle, and um, with Nikki, Nikki's like upset about that. And th- this episode, they tease for the finale that Nikki takes off on a motorcycle finally with Artemis and they're together. I am very interested to see how that is handled. I mean, look, this was her dancing partner while she was with John. I'm not implying anything, but it looks a little weird. And traditionally, if John Cena is not happy with you in WWE, it's not always great for your position. That's all I'm saying. Does that make sense? Did I say that politely?
1: So maybe John Cena's WrestleMania opponent is Artemis.
0: Oh, my God. Can you imagine? Screw the rat battle. Give me a dance battle. That'd be amazing.
1: I mean, he did did propose to her, what, two years ago? (sighs) Yeah, man. Was it two two years ago or last year?
0: This man was going to reverse his vasectomy. Two years years ago.
1: He he, he fought Taker last year. Two years ago.
0: He was going to reverse his vasectomy to give her a child. Yeah.
1: uh, Well. I never thought vasectomy would be said on this podcast. I'm just kind of <laughs> taking that one in.
0: It's true. Um, it's true. Anyway, I this, but this, I say all that to say that that is why I'm on the hook, and I have no stake in the show or anything like that. I just watch it with my girlfriend, and I, it's one of our favorite shows. So check it out. Maybe I'll, I'll talk a little bit more at length next week about the the season finale because I'm very, I'm just interested to see how they handle this. Bree's gone. Nikki's off with Artemis now like where are the Bellas like you know they're not going to be part of Total Divas they announced that a couple like about a month ago they're like no we're just going to focus on Total Bellas but was that just their way of I mean is this the write-off of the series I don't know I kind of I'm getting that vibe a little bit
1: are you trying to imply that John Cena has canceled Total Total Bellas
0: no but I mean like I think well look Breeze Heart is obviously not in the wrestling thing right now right her, she is she wants to be a mom and be with Daniel. So that leaves you Nikki who's still passionate and the executive producer here but it, even with her I mean does she, does she want to be around this stuff anymore without her sister? Like is she going to move on to new things? Is this I'm not saying John's canceling it but is this just there coming to the the conclusion we're going to move on to different stuff, maybe do different reality shows, but the this total Bella's pro wrestling driven show, I would not be surprised if, you know, this was kind of the the last chapter here on it.
1: Yeah, no, quite possibly. Yeah, Yeah, quite possibly.
0: A lot of drama, man. And it does not bring me pleasure to talk about John Cena's love life here. But, you know, total bella. Or his his vasectomy. No, it doesn't bring me joy to talk about the man's vasectomy. So let's shift gears. The Regular Girls podcast chatted with Renee Young. I read the comments this morning uh, where she said that she was told to talk less on commentary as a note she was given. She said that I am so used to carrying the conversation. Uh, you may be surprised to, to learn this, Justin, but I've also been given this note when I do commentary. So this isn't, I don't think a, someone told a woman to talk less, which I think has been construed that way. I think that this is just a general commentary note that is given to some people.
1: Yeah. And, and, and again, not to, um, not to beat up on, on certain fans, but I, I saw the same remarks that you just alluded to about some people, with like, the reactions to this story. And, um, if you've never, if you've never done, if you've never done live live commentary for wrestling or live com, you know, like I, I've, I've done live basketball games on the college level, baseball, um, football. Like if you've never, if you've never had to live commentate something, um, especially if you know, especially most, most any, any more, you rarely do. You find a solo, one person booth. You know, maybe old style radio, but you almost always have uh, a colleague with you. and, and in Renee's case, she. She has a three-person booth, which three-person booths, especially in wrestling, are always tricky. I, I, I'm, I'm a traditionalist. I like just a straight heel face, you know, play-by-play commentator, heel, heel, heel color commentator. Um, and so yeah, I mean, that could be, that could be, that could be, that 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 makes sense that she would get that note because trying to find your way. uh, Sometimes you try to force things in there because you want to make sure you're doing your part and you're not slacking off. But sometimes less is more, and uh, sometimes not saying anything at all is the best thing you could do. Uh, depending on what your other two colleagues just said. So, yeah, I mean, um, re- yeah, like I said, you, you've got the note. I've been given the note. Everybody's, anybody that's ever been on live, anything, probably has been given that note or something similar in terms of, like, you know, just watch how you pick your spots.
0: Mm-hmm. Learn to lay out. That's what I'm always told. Um, I actually kick off the Shivani interview here in just a second because Shivani does commentary for MLW with Rich Bikini, and I do commentary with Bikini for Warrior Wrestling here. So we talk a little bit about, you know, his work with rich and, you know, notes that are given to commentators. So it's actually kind of a nice throw there here in just a second. Um, but yeah, you know, lay out, learn to let the audience at home hear the crowd at some points, you know, this is not like, I, f- I feel a, a misogynistic, uh, note that, that Renee was given, uh, impact. Yeah, wrestling, uh, lastly, lastly here, impact wrestling reestablished, uh, their developmental territory relationship with OVW. Very happy to hear about this. I know, uh, Al Snow is the, uh, owner of OVW now, I've had the uh, privilege of sitting in on a couple of uh, ALS seminars in the past here in Chicago. Really some great insight. I think this is going to be a a really wonderful thing for Impact Wrestling to have uh, this developmental territory.
1: Yeah. um, yeah. From what I've been able to gather, this is another good, positive move for Impact in terms of, like, trying to right how many wrongs the ship had for so many years. Um, They they seem to be on a good path. I mean, it's still, from what I can gather, I mean, still it's not – you know you're still not making the best money there it's it's not especially now when you have to put it up in comparison to wb and aew and then even to some some extent it seems like roh um but they're getting their they're putting on a better product it seems like they're getting more organized and i think having a having a, a developmental now even though in terms of what their overall audience right now in the us is even though their audience size is not the biggest and they're not you know they don't have. You know the the top notch distribution again that, that the, that's their competitors do um, in the hopes that impact continues to grow off of where they're at now and hopefully you know in five years from now they are in a bit, in a bigger place and are a you know a, a, a good a good good competitor in the market uh, it's good to have it's good to have a developmental already in place and, I, and as you said al snows uh obviously everybody fans think of al snow and you just laugh you think of all the ridiculous things that he's done as a character but al snow legitimately is one of the smartest guys you can have uh, training and giving you uh, direction at this time it is my pleasure to
0: welcome to the show the host of what happened when and former wcw commentator tony Schiavone. tony welcome back to the Winkley.
2: Hey, Nick, good talking to you again.
0: How you been, bud? I'm good. You know, I say, I, should, I shouldn't I should just say former WCW commentator because you're also the current MLW commentator. You're very much back in the business of commentating pro wrestling.
2: Yeah, I, I am, but that, that MLW uh, uh, thing this year, you're not going to see much of me this year. They they moved their tapings from Thursday to Saturdays, and, you know, they're doing a lot of live shows now, too. Right. And I, I got the, in January, I got the, Actually, I got in December I got the list from court of days and I said you know what court I can't I can't do many of these mm. I think there was like one day in, in 2019 that I could do and I'm not so sure I can even do that now so I'm, I'm still with them if they if I have time if it can work into my schedule I'll do it uh but right now I'm just kind of uh I'm on the bench right now
0: yeah because you're you're very busy doing commentary for the Georgia Bulldogs elsewhere correct
2: well, I'm, I'm the producer for the radio network okay. and uh, the radio network for basketball and football. So I, I do some announcing with them, but I'm mostly behind the scenes uh, doing it, being the producer in that network, which means every Saturday during basketball season, I got a basketball game. Every Saturday during football season, I got a football game. And then when baseball starts, which is starting here pretty soon, I've got baseball. Mm. And. Uh, it just so happens that their next show that they're doing is April 4th, which is kind of the Thursday before WrestleMania, and they'll be in uh, in Queens, and that's opening day for baseball for me. So I can't take opening day off. So uh, I don't know when you're going to see me there again. But they're doing good. they got good announcers, and they'll, they'll be fine without me. So. But you'll, I'll, I'll, I'll show up there again sometime. Okay,
0: yeah. I mean, I know Jim Cornette stepped in at the Chicago tapings. I guess he'll probably be more there regularly based on what you're saying. Um, but, you know, it's, it's funny. You talk about the great commentators here. Literally the last time I interviewed you, it was like a little over a year ago. I was just about to start doing commentary for Warrior Wrestling, and they haven't fired me yet. Um, and I do comment. Right. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, that's the hardest part, right? Just don't get fired, you know? Right. Um, yeah. But I do it with Rich Bikini, who you did, who you did MLW commentary with, and uh, I did not really know Rich as well before we started doing commentary. Really, really enjoyed working with him and uh, getting to actually talk to a professional. I don't know. Do you? I, nobody ever says nice things about Rich. Do you want to say anything about Rich here to start the the show? Uh, for a guy that stands three foot two, he's a pretty good guy. Mm. He looks like Frank Grimes from The Simpsons. I don't know if you know who that is. Grimey. <laughs>
2: No, Rich. Uh, Rich is a good. Rich is a pro. It was very easy to work with, and uh, I enjoyed working with him. I enjoyed working with Matt Striker. Uh, it was uh, got some pretty good announcers. I, I like Rich a lot. He's a good kid, and uh, I enjoyed working with him. And I'm sure you'll do fine with him. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Nick, you had sent me uh, a little demo of yours, mm-hmm. and asked me to, if you'll recall. I could never open that demo, oh. and I should have gotten back in touch with it and said I can't open it, but I couldn't. I couldn't open it up.
0: It's okay because I, it, it was a, it was a demo. From well, well, you're a big you're a big star now. You <laughs> no. don't need my input. No, I got you. Far from it. Uh, but <laughs> I uh, the stuff I sent you before was when I did a Black Label Pro, and I really didn't have like a mentor or anything like that. I was regularly working with that okay. had experience, so I would much rather you listen to the work I'm doing for warrior wrestling right now with Richard yeah. and get your take on that. Cause I'm very, very proud of that. We'll so send it to me.
2: Send I will. It to will. Yeah, I will. Absolutely.
0: All right. Let's, let's change gears here a little bit. The reason we are talking here today is because you are coming to my backyard of Chicago this weekend uh, for C2E2. You'll be there. Uh, you'll be there all weekend, correct?
2: That's right. Uh, I get in on Thursday uh, uh, afternoon. I guess I get in Thursday morning and I depart uh, someday sometime on Sunday. Uh, I, I do know that Eric and I have a, a combined show that we're doing Friday night at eight o'clock. Uh, and uh, I guess we're also doing some autograph signings, some meet and greets as well. But uh, uh, the, uh, the big thing we're there for is uh, our combined, what happened uh, at 83 in 83 weeks at 83 weeks or whatever. And uh, so I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to uh, the meeting fans. I really, uh, Nick, I really do uh i say this a lot and people who who are on our patreon site and people who have gotten to know me know that i just really love talking to fans i really do and i love hearing their stories about why they love pro wrestling so i'm really fan friendly and i look forward to just meeting a lot of the fans who will be there during that entire weekend
0: and that's kind of that's kind of wild uh getting you and eric together to to relive that you know those 83 weeks there i mean is there anything that has has burned in your mind that you had forgotten about that you got kind of excited about, or like or like chatting about with the fans now from that period.
2: Well, you know, it's it's very interesting that uh, when we shut down, or when you know we all thought that Eric was going to buy uh, the company mm-hmm. and we would continue to wrestle on TBS, and then in the span it had to be just a couple of days, Nick. I can't remember the actual time frame, but. It had to be a couple of days where all of a sudden now Eric is not in charge and Vince bought us. Yeah. Uh, So I'd be very interested to see exactly, and I know I've read some things, but out of his mouth exactly what happened because I put a lot of stock in Eric. Uh, He was my boss. Uh, He depended on me for a lot of stuff, and I'd like to know what in the hell happened. Uh, That, uh, number two, I know there's been a lot of blame uh, cast my way. Some of it is valid. Some of it's not i like to get his take on that. Uh, and, uh, you know, Eric and I were announcers together. Uh, we, we, uh, we announced TV shows together, and all of a sudden he was the boss of the comedy, which I was ext- very ecstatic about. Yeah. But then he, he kind of changed. And I told him, he's, I said, you're going to change. He said, no, I'm not. I said, yeah, you are. I said, you got to. You're going to be the boss. And he really did change. And he wasn't always easy to work with. We never, uh, since we were down, we never really have talked to each other that much. Wow. A couple of uh, couple of exchanges on uh, you know texts and things like that, especially since you know leading up to the show. Uh, but I'll be very to see what he has to say. I've heard uh, you know Conrad's uh, as everybody knows Conrad, he's a great uh, disturber. Yes. Uh, without using the other word, uh, and uh, I, I think he has stirred the pot between me and Eric, which is fine. I'm going to be very honest with Eric. Uh, and I'm not going to take blame for stuff that I didn't do. And if there's stuff that he has, uh, that he should uh, share the blame in, then I'm going to call him on it. So this will be very interesting get together between us. I I I think anybody that does listen to my podcast, know I'm very honest about everything. If I remember it, I remembered it. I won't make up a story. If I don't remember it, uh, I won't make up a story. I'll just say, I don't know. So. Hell, some of the stuff Nick that he we that he has to say may uh, jog some of my memory, and it may get me to say, yeah, absolutely. You were a terrible boss. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, so we'll we'll see how it all uh, transpires.
0: You know, it's it's funny because I would imagine Conrad's going to be moderating this or hosting this. Yeah, discussion. I'm sure he is. Yeah. Um, right. Because he's basically been doing like depositions with you and Eric in separate rooms for like you know, a year or so now. Right. And, right, uh, you know, he right. kind of, he's heard both sides of your stories. I'm sure there's a couple times you've said things about certain instances and Eric has said things about certain instances that have not necessarily gelled, if that makes sense.
2: Exactly. There's, there's a, there's a story that I have not told. Uh, and I think I mentioned on a broadcast may have not, uh, there's a story that, uh, that's not told, and we're going to tell it. That I don't know if Eric remembers it, but I remember it vividly. It was one of the things that I really remember. Uh, there's a story about me being in Eric's office and sobbing like a baby. Uh, that uh, that that I want to tell, and I want to get his take on, because uh, it's one of those things to where, well, I'm not going to say why. It's not necessarily the pressure, but some things happened that just broke. It, I just broke down in his office
0: that's uh so uh,
2: heavy uh, uh yeah so we'll uh i'm sure we'll uh hash that out and i'll get his take on it uh and uh we'll, we'll see what happens from there what a great
0: tease you know it's funny um i always like to do a little prep before my interviews of course and uh i decided right. to pull up your wikipedia page and i was reading mm. about your career and there's a whole segment yeah. just called did you know this? There's a whole segment on your Wikipedia page just called the Mick Foley incident. <laughs> I, uh, Isn't that something? Wow. Yeah, I don't know if you knew yeah. that or not, but it, it was funny because yeah. I read that and I was like, "Oh my god, what happened? Did Mick slap him or something?" And I'd I i did not realize I'd forgotten because it's been talked about so many times. You know, you giving away the results uh, of of Mick's right. match over on Raw. And Eric was the one who told you to
2: do it. So you, yeah, say, well, you know, he did not he did not directly tell me to do it. Okay, but. Uh, I something happened in the backstage and Annette Yother came out to tell me to really uh, say something bad about Mick Foley becoming the world champion. Uh, Or I guess was I don't know if he was mankind at that time or what. And uh, and I came up with the line. So it was communicated to me to say something to him. Eric did not tell me directly. Now, what would be interesting to find out and I've never talked to Eric about this face to face It will be interesting to find out what he said in the back room or backstage or if, in fact, he even said anything backstage. And maybe it was Craig or maybe it was – I don't know. But when something like that comes down to you and it comes in that out and she would always come out to tell me – you know, they would say things over my headset. But when she appeared through the curtain, it was always something big. So I, I always thought when it's coming from her, it's coming from Eric. So we'll see exactly uh, during this, uh, this get-together, exactly how that all transpired. Man. Because, yeah, I said it. I'll take the blame for it, but I'm not taking all the blame for it because had Annette not come through the uh, curtain, I wouldn't have said it. And, uh, Nick, uh, if you go back and look at Nitro's, before I was put on Nitro, before Eric became a member of the NWO, Eric gave away finishes all the time on the WWE. He do the whole card. He did. Yeah, I remember. Yes, Yeah. exactly. So, I mean, yeah, blame me for that and blame me for everybody tuning in to set. But don't think I was the only one that was doing it. Yeah.
0: Was there there ever anything you were asked to say or do on commentary during that period where you were like, this crosses a line? I, I won't say that.
2: No, I said anything they wanted me to say. Okay
0: all right fair just just wondering (laughs) um you got a job to do don't get fired that's the number one rule don't get
2: fired Then you don't got no you can't do what the boss says that's a good that's a good thing to to remember nick (laughs) don't get fired as Uh, stupid as stupid as the boss may be and we know there are plenty of stupid bosses out there no plenty of them no they're human they're humans just like you and me okay regardless that's what they want that's what they get
0: I will say I have a fantastic boss, Raj Geary, at the moment, yeah. and I'm very oh, happy with my— yeah, he's a good guy. I, yeah. I've
2: talked to him. Yeah, Raj yeah. is great.
0: Raj is great. So yeah. we're not talking yeah. about you, Raj. I'm just wanting to be no, clear. No, Raj,
2: we're not saying that you're stupid. No. no, we didn't say that at all. We said you were a great boss. As a matter of fact, Raj, you may be the greatest boss in the history of professional wrestling. If I can use that term,
0: man, you are really good at this. Like you in a in a boardroom, I see it right now. I vividly see it. You're just <laughs> you're great. Um, let's. I'm gonna move back to C2E2 here real fast. Um, you know, we're talking. This is again very compelling, especially with Conrad in the mix. There, you know, pressing you two. But C2E2, there's gonna be not just you all more pro wrestling characters. Uh, you guys are gonna be sharing space with uh, you know the EVPs at AEW, the Young Bucks, uh, Kenny Omega right. will be there. CM Punk is gonna be. Sitting at the same table as wow. them, yeah, I don't. Yeah, it's gonna be him, Marty Skrulls at the same table. They're all just gonna be sitting there signing autographs and talking about God knows what. Um, what do you think about the launch of AEW? And since we've chatted, this whole thing
2: is just come out of nowhere. I feel like. Well, I, I think it's I think it's base. It's come out of the fact that uh, if I can use this term, and I guess with AAW, you, you, once they you know launch their TV show, or whatever. You can't use it anymore, but it's come out of the, the love of independent wrestling. Yeah. And the love that that people want from something other than just the WWE. I, I, I think I think what happened with All in in, in in Chicago, I think what happened with Starcast that weekend and how well that was received, I think it it, it opened everybody's eyes to, wow, there's a there's a niche here. For something that can have great talent, that can be promoted and done correctly, that doesn't have a boss that's an idiot. <laughs> if we can just use – since we were talking about bosses, that can be dumb. Sure. Uh, and uh, I think there was – it, it opened everybody's eyes that, you know, we can do something, something big. And I think there's also a want, although I don't know which network or stations, I think there's a want to have wrestling out there on a regular basis. MLW is on BN Sports, and BN Sports is a very limited coverage. But there are places that pick it up, and there there are cities and cable systems that have it. Uh, So that just goes to show you that there's a one out there. And, you know, Nick, uh, here's another thing, too. Guys who grew up watching wrestling, who watched wrestling in the 90s and were big fans, they are now, many of them, in positions on TV stations and TV networks that loved it back then. Yeah. And that's only helping the business. And I, I certainly hope that that AW finds its niche because I know that Cody is a Cody. I'm not going to use the word brilliant because I haven't worked with him that long to be able to say, Oh, this guy's brilliant. And I think brilliant is an overused term. Uh, but Cody's a smart kid. He uh, got a great business uh, head on his shoulders, a great kid to work with. I met the Young Bucks a couple of times; just great guys, and they've got a pretty good a list of talent uh, that I think is going to be uh, very, very, very good. I just hope they're able to put it together and put together a pretty good TV show.
0: Do you have any memories of Cody from being a child in WCW? Was he running around backstage causing havoc? Anything like that?
2: No, the memories I have no The memories I have of Cody basically are that Cody was uh, Cody was with us. Uh, I, I had a son who wrestled uh, in Cobb County. My youngest son, Tim, he wrestled JV, junior varsity for Pope High School. Pope High School is li- like five miles away from Lasseter High School where Cody wrestled. And Cody was state champion. Okay. So uh, amongst parents and kids who were in Cobb County and who were in the state of Georgia and, and rest, high school wrestling's big in Georgia, Cody was kind of like, The big guy Hmm. so i remember cody wrestling in high school and i remember going to events where dusty was there and and dusty would like you know dusty would like work the events like any parent would and uh, (laughs) that's how i remember cody mostly back from his uh, high school wrestling days
0: are you telling me dusty Rhodes was selling hot dogs at
2: the at the concession sit? (laughs) well michelle did uh but uh he would he would work uh he would work out out he i remember i went to uh the, uh, it was the Cobb County wrestling tournament and my son, Tim wrestled And Tim. I was really proud of the JV's, He finished second in the County. And, uh, so I went into the, and I went into the big gym and Cody was in there and there was Dusty sitting in the chair and Dusty was kind of helping people find their seats. Wow. Uh, and, uh, yeah, he was just another, just another parent.
0: Ooh, this way. You are gonna take a seat right here? Yes, that looks very yeah, nice. You exactly. Lo- yes, exactly. B- <laughs> <your> yeah. B- <laughs> uh,
2: you guys know you got a genius giving you your seats. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right.
0: Uh, you know, if the if the bathroom, you know, uh, the pipes explode, good thing there's a son of a plumber there. You know, that's good.
2: Uh, exactly. <laughs> exactly. You never know what. You never know. You know what? What's from your past gonna be called upon to to uh you know help you out in your career
0: well and that's a th- that's a good pivot for me you know one more thing about aew here obviously you know conrad has made it very clear to me his business is not the same as aew's business i've talked to him mm-hmm. about this but it would seem that there is some some intertwining i mean you're in that mix yeah have you had any talks about i don't know if it's commentary or a backstage role or you know have, have you been brought up in any of these talks with aew
2: uh, no, Conrad brings up this, this famous story, which, which was, was was certainly my fault. And, uh, and you know, it's uh, – have you gone to the Urban Dictionary yet lately? <laughs> Not lately, but I'm familiar okay. with it, yeah. All right, go to the Urban Dictionary, type in my name, and you'll see that it's, uh, it's somebody that uh, just doesn't care. And Tony – in other words, Tony – well, here's – it was based on this. We, uh, during Super Bowl weekend, they had an independent show uh, here in the Atlanta area up in Norcross. Cody made an appearance. The Young Bucks made an appearance. Uh, who else was there? Uh, I think Kenny Omega was there, too. They just all did, you know, just appearances to try to, you know, lift AEW, uh, get its brand out there. And so the show was going on. I was in the backstage area shaking hands with everybody. And Conrad It was me, Conrad, a couple of our friends, and his wife, Megan. Conrad stayed outside and just watched the matches. I went in the back and met everybody because I know a lot of the kids. Mm -hmm. Tom Lawler was there. Thunder Rosa was there. Uh, And uh, so Conrad sent me a text. He said, hey, we're going to Cody's after the show. And I remember thinking, well, that's good, but am I invited? I'm not the type of person that just – will push my way into someone's home. So Conrad sent me the address. So the show ended. Conrad had already gone. The show ended, and I said, I'm just going to go home. So I went home. So now I found out the next day that the Young Bucks are there. MJF is there. Cody's there. Tony Khan is there, who, of course, is the owner. Right. Uh, and Conrad just really gave me shit because of it. He said, I set it up where you meet Tony Khan. You get to know everybody and you did a no-show. You Shivani, So Aww. now, if you go to the Urban Dictionary, it's the fact that Tony Shivani had a chance to do something in wrestling but decided to go home Aww. or something like that. So uh, so that's a long way to answer your question. I've not talked to them. You know, I signed a three-year deal with uh, MLW. Uh, I know they're not using me right now, but I, I do intend to, you know, honor my contract mm-hmm. Uh Cause I don't want to be, you know, seen as someone, well, I just, it's just the right thing to do to honor your contracts. Yeah. But uh, you know, I I guess the, I guess the talk now is that uh, is that I don't know if there's anything beneficial said about Jr. but I know that his contract is coming up to an end at the end of the month and everybody thinks the uh, feeling is that he'll end up there. Don't know if that's going to be the case or not. Will I end up there? Don't know. I haven't talked to anybody about it, but you know, we'll see. Uh, We'll see. I oh, man, so. Shivani did. But you know, but negative. Yeah, Shivani did. Yeah. But but you know, uh but you know, Nick, I uh, I, I really I have a oh. lot on my plate. I really do. And uh this uh podcast is taking up a lot of my time and now I'm making appearances. You know, we're coming to Chicago this weekend yeah. and then Eric and I are going to be in in Brooklyn uh the weekend of uh of WrestleMania doing our show there too and then I got to go i got uh, a date in Baltimore coming up and St. Louis coming up. I'm going to be up in, uh, in Toronto during uh, SummerSlam weekend. So there's a lot going on, and we'll just see if I can fit. It's amazing. The older I get, the busier I get, which it's, uh, it's a great way to end your life.
0: It's uh, it's interesting to talk to you right now, and uh, this time is, is is flying by. Um, but I know you're just a really passionate wrestling fan, Tony, and you obviously yeah. are in touch with you know you say Conrad watch the matches. You were in the back, you know these guys. I mean, who do you who to you right now are the standouts? People should watch in like ten years. These people are going to be household names. You think but they've got that much of an if factor?
2: Well, I I always go back to MJF. Yeah. Uh, because I think MJF does it right. You know, a lot of kids out there will try to do crazy bumps. He just does – he just has a great heel persona uh, and does great old-school-type heel interviews. Obviously, the Young Bucks and Cody – I don't know how old they are now. I guess uh, Cody's in his 30s now. He's he's 33, I I know,
0: because we were born, like, seven
2: months apart. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. So, yeah, that that, that would be right, because my – My son, Tim, who wrestled, was 31. He's 31, and he was younger than than Cody. Uh, And Tim was like a sophomore. I'm 34, Uh,
0: by the way, which makes me feel really old that I'm a little bit older than Cody. Anyway, go ahead.
2: Well, guess what, Nick? You're (laughs) going to blink, and you're going to be in your 40s. Oh, thanks, buddy. Sorry. Yeah, you're welcome. That's just the way it happens. Thanks, man. See, I know know people my age, everybody, everybody asks, what is the secret to life? People my age know the secret to life, and the secret to life is it happens quickly. You don't realize it until you get my age, but it happens quickly, and that's the secret to life. Anyway, that's something to think about. Okay. I'm glad to bring us down. Thanks, buddy. Back uh, to MJF. I, I really Why does that... he do it right? Yes, <laughs>
0: yes.
2: <laughs> But I really think the guys with AEW, you know, are, are going to be guys to watch uh, in the future. I, I love watching. And I and I think that he's underused. Maybe I'm wrong. I haven't seen enough of it, but I love to watch Andrade wrestle. I wow. think he can do some great stuff. So good. Uh, I, I love Kevin Owens. Kevin reminds me of old school stuff. You know, he doesn't really look like the magnificent Greek god part, but man, he's 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 absolutely tremendous and does some great things. Uh, and uh, obviously Ricochet and Alistair Black have a great great. Um, career ahead of them as well yeah
0: all good names you know uh well i got you i guess i'll do a time travel We'll go back in time here a little bit uh you know it's wrestlemania season uh, i was watching uh i actually just before we did the interview i watched your sensational sherry interview from backstage at wrestlemania 5 um mm-hmm. I, I, my uh, i guess I'll, I'll posit this in a in the most creative way i can like how does the wrestlemania experience to you compare to what the starcade experience was in wcw
2: WrestleMania, uh, Starcade, I never was nervous. WrestleMania, I think I was because of what it was. Yeah.
3: Uh,
2: and uh, it was just a big production. It was, in my mind, the way it should have been done. Keep in mind that I, I came from Jim Crockett Promotions. That was a family-run operation, if you will, a mom-and-pop operation, very small. And now I'm in the WWF, which is very big. So that was a little intimidating. I also think that my work during WrestleMania, those backstage interviews, I don't think Vince liked my work at all. Hmm. And if I go back, and I and I'm thinking now uh, about what I did back then and watch that, I was being the Tony Schiavone in WCW or NWA, uh, and that's not what he wanted for those interviews. He wanted a kind of a Gene Okerlund guy. Yeah. Uh, so. Uh, I, I, it was great. It was great experience. I mean, I remember going and fans being around everywhere. And uh, then when you know, I did the next WrestleMania, WrestleMania six, and they had um, you know meet and greets with wrestlers and all types of things, and that was the way it should have been done. So that, I was a little bit, uh, little bit uh, taken aback, or I don't know. if I said nervous. I don't know if it's the right term, but I, I kind of like. Uh, I knew I was in the big time. When I was there, how uh, how hands on was
0: Vince at that point? Was he producing you a lot? Um, you know, yep. yeah, okay,
2: yeah. Every interview that I did backstage at WrestleMania Five, he produced them.
0: Yeah, how was it? What is that like? Where what was your dynamic like with Vince? I know you say you don't think that you you were his cup of tea performance wise, but what was your just general dynamic like with Vince?
2: Uh, I had a great relationship with him. Yeah, we, you know, I flew I flew on the airplane with he and Bruce and Kevin Dunn. Huh. And I think Nelson Swegler was with us and flew on that airplane and uh, crew and selfies flew on the airplane with us. Uh, and I was always on that airplane and I got to know him and you know, I uh, had a, a driver named Jim Stewart and we would go between two towns. You know, let's say we would go uh, from uh, between a town where we did superstars and a town where we did challenge. You know, I would ride in the van with him. So I got to know him. I, I got along with him. I, to be very honest with you, I, I would have – he he didn't like my work that well, but he never told me that. He always told Bruce Pritchard, and Bruce was the the, the guy to bring you bad news. No. Uh, so, uh, And then someone had told me, they said, you know what, that's old school McMahon. He said the, his dad was like that too.
3: Mm.
2: When you talk to his dad, everything was good. You're doing a great job. And then somebody else, maybe Arnold and somebody else say. Oh, he really doesn't like this. Oh boy! So uh, he never did tell me.
0: What do you make of uh,
2: uh? What do you make of Bruce being back in the mix at WWE? What was your reaction to hearing that news? Well, that's his passion. I always thought that would happen. I mean, I, I, I do know the stories about how he left, and, and obviously it was uh, those are not good stories. But that's always what Bruce wanted to do. Bruce where Bruce wanted to be, and and Bruce and Vince worked so well together in my time there. I really thought that uh, that was a natural fit, and uh, I remember thinking, uh, I don't know, just maybe a year ago or a year and a half ago, uh, when I was talking to Conrad, I said, you know eventually he's going to get back there, because that's what he wants to do, those are his people, Conrad said, yeah, I don't know, and there, there here he is again, so he belongs there, he really does, nice. He's a, he'll be a good, uh, and, and listen, wrestling has changed a great deal from 1989, 1990 when I was there, but. Uh, he'll be a, he'll be a good sounding board for Vince. However, you and of course now his, his children have grown up, uh, not completely grown up, but have gotten older. Uh, you you have to realize if you're going to work that closely with Vince, uh, your life is not your own. In other words,
0: that's terrifying. And I, and you, that's terrifying the way that? you said
2: that. That is terrifying the way you just said that. Terrifying. Well, it, it's not. I'll, I'll give you a perfect example. It's I don't know if you've heard. Heard stories about uh, Nick Saban, but now you never know if these stories are true, but Nick Saban, of course, the best college football coach, they say at Christmas time he'll come downstairs and he will spend time with the family, open gifts, say hello, and then he'll go back upstairs to his office and work on football the rest of the day. So I say that to say this, that if Bruce and his family are enjoying Christmas dinner at their house and Vince has an idea and wants to talk to Bruce, He's gonna call Bruce right then and Bruce gonna to have to get up from Christmas dinner and go to Vince's house. If of course Bruce ends up living in Connecticut. So that's why I'm saying you are on call to Vince twenty four seven. So you've got to realize that before you take that job.
0: You think Bruce now, is okay, go, I'm sorry, go ahead. Go ahead.
2: No, now now Vince is certainly he's uh you know, he's older. He's in his seventies, and people would say, Well, he's in his seventies, he slowed down. Baloney, don't you know I' You can have all the writers you want. You can say anything you want to about Triple H or Stephanie or uh, Shane. Vince runs that company. He always did. He always will until he's put in the ground. And Bruce is, if Bruce is part of his inner circle now, guess what? Doctor's calling Bruce, twenty four seven. Oh, you make it
0: sound so seductive and fun. You know, ooh, the sex. Yeah.
2: Well, you know what you. It, <laughs> For, for guys like Bruce, who that's their life, they love it. Yeah, they would not have it any other way.
0: So, yeah, uh, Tony, I want to thank you so much uh, for taking the time to chat with me here today. Looking forward to I'll come by say hello to you over uh, at C two E two when I'm there this weekend. I'll be there Saturday. Um, and uh, okay, yeah, it, it's just always nice talking to you, Tony. Anything else you want to specifically uh, plug, promote, put over here to wrap up the interview?
2: Yeah, uh, Nick, thanks. Uh, we, we love for people to come out. We're going to be there from eight to ten. Uh, And it's going to be, I believe, in the south building of McCormick Place. And once you get there and you're part of C2E2, you'll know. Uh, And tickets are available at showclicks.com forward slash event forward slash WHW83. And Clicks is spelled C-L-I-X. So it's showclicks.com forward slash event forward slash WHW83. We look forward to seeing you, Nick, and seeing everybody. Uh, We really are going to have a lot of fun, and we're going to probably tell stories that I've either forgotten, haven't told, or uh, will be interested to hear myself with Eric. So, uh, And, you know, when, when we went down, Eric and I had no communication, and now here we are on the same stage. Amazing. At this time, it's my pleasure to welcome to the show the former
0: MLW Heavyweight Champion, I feel. But you just gave me, like, the scariest look. It's low-key. I should not have started it like that. I apologize.
4: Appreciate it.
0: Um, Now, you're looking to take the title back here tonight. MLW Intimidation Games Steel Cage Match Main Event Against Filthy Tom Lawler. I mean, what can fans expect from this bout tonight?
4: Well, now he has no way to run. This whole time, I've been calling him the cage killer for a reason. He's a UFC veteran of over 10 years, pro fighting experience. This is his forte. Wonderful. I've been doing this for over 20 years. I get to mix it up with the cage fighter in his own domain. Sure, he got away with one in Philly. He won't escape as lucky this time.
0: You know, you're you're a bit of a living legend. I mean, all the work that you've done and impact, I mean, really putting the X Division on top. You're the champ or we're the champ here looking to take that title back tonight. Mm-hmm. What's it like working with a guy like Filthy Tom who's only been in the business for, you know, maybe two years and is largely still looked at as, you know, somewhat green?
4: Well, the one thing you never do is discredit your opponents. That's a foolish avenue to take no matter where you're at. Yeah. You underestimate your opponent. You leave yourself susceptible to mistakes. And in this type of environment, mistakes are easy to come by if you're not paying attention. I don't last this long by making mistakes, and I'm not as good as I am by making mistakes. I don't have the reputation that I have for making mistakes. Right. So getting in the ring with somebody like Tom, I don't underestimate him one bit. He comes with a, a pro professional-level fighting experience. Not many pro wrestlers can match that physicality in experience, Yeah. That's very difficult to come by. But I'm a lifelong martial artist, and I have trained with professional fighters and Olympians at my size. So I'm not coming unequipped to match up against somebody at his level. In the realm of prof- professional wrestling, Tom is relatively new. Yeah. However, his physical experience is what sets him apart from people who are normally in his position.
0: Do you... Are you happy to see more MMA guys making the transition? I mean, you're a very physical fighter, obviously. You talk about your own MMA background. Would you perform more guys like this beginning into the business?
4: Well, professional wrestling is the original MMA. It's the only forum that you would find multiple disciplines in one location competing. Very true. Go back into the 60s with Muhammad Ali and Antonio Inoki. So, what a fight that was. Exactly. Yeah. And that was well before any of us were born. So this is the forum, the original forum, for having multiple disciplines the trade-off here and from my personal experience is when you have competitive experience it translates better into professional wrestling why cuz you're not trying to be an actor yeah you're competing there's a difference sports entertainment is not professional wrestling people mistake that professional wrestling is sport oriented competition that's what you find in New Japan that's what you find in all Japan during the nineteen nineties so there's a differentiation between the two terms but people confuse them all the time. Yeah. A professional wrestler is a competitive athlete. A sports entertainer is an actor.
0: Now, you're here in MLW. Obviously, you know, with your cachet, you know, this is a very vibrant time for pro wrestling. You know, you're getting to kind of uh, I'm sure you're getting offers, right? Why MLW? What was it about MLW right now that attracted you to, to you know, attaching your name?
4: Well, what attracted me with MLW was the original version of MLW, which I was a part of back in 2004. Yep. So my previous experience, and then I had a positive experience with Court, despite the fact that the company was suffering back then. Yeah. I had a positive experience, and then when he contacted me again in 2000, uh, at the end of 2016 or excuse me, at the end of 2017, I remembered that experience, and I told him about it. The, in, the integrity that was maintained at that time is something uncommon in this realm of business, and that's the problem. A lot of people don't understand the business aspect of this world. Yeah, They only focus on the in-ring stuff, and that's only a minimal part. That's yeah. the easier part. Yeah, The business part is the most difficult, and in my interactions with court, I reminded him of the integrity that he had shown, which was making my decision much easier to join MLW in its new incarnation.
0: What do you think of the current landscape here in particular? What do you think of the the launch of AEW? I mean, how does this affect the business? How does it affect your position? To
4: me, it's it's an opportunity that hasn't been available for a lot of people with AEW. The only problem I see is now you're finding out who the whores are.
0: (laughs) Explain to me what you mean by that.
4: And it's easy everyone's going after money yeah a lot of these guys they don't have a lot of experience to begin with so where normally would they find the availability of this level of financing it's not common so of course they're going to go there the only problem is how developed are they this is a craft that takes years to mature within and if you don't mature it's going to show in that ring and if you don't mature it's going to show outside of the ring so there's a lot of pitfalls that come into place with people saying, hey, we're coming in here because there's money here, there's money here. Let's see how well organized they are with that concept. Because again, there's a business aspect to this that most are not familiar with. Yeah. The whole lights and shows and song and dance that most of the public sees is one aspect of it. The financing and the business side, the difficult decisions that need to be made, nobody wants to do that Yeah. unless they, they're going to be a leader. And from my experience, within the past 20-something years I've been a professional wrestler, I've, I haven't run into many leaders. I've run into a lot of followers and a lot of people who are willing just to go along to get along. The landscape is changing in professional wrestling now. My establishment here in MLW is to establish the name Major League. This is a different class here. The different quality and what we put out and what we bring to the table as compared to all the other companies. All the other companies, they have their particular styles and their particular presentations. We're more traditional. We're simple. All the talking is all the talking is not done in the ring. All the work is done in the ring. You'll find your speaking engagements outside of the ring. Yeah. We're not spending the first 20 minutes of a show with an in-ring segment of people going back and forth with each other. Right. We want action. This is what gets people through the doors, this is what gets people into the seats, this is practical thinking from a traditional mindset, but it works well when you have people of experience like me, people of experience like Court, but we have world class experience at the highest levels of business in this in this realm of professional wrestling
0: for you what talent in mlw has what young talent has really grabbed you i mean who are the who are the diamonds and the rough you see here at mlw that you think are going to be huge stars for mlw and for the business in general in the next let's say five years
4: that's difficult because right now i think it's still too soon with a lot of the roster because a lot of the roster we have is still fairly young yeah that's why i'm asking so yeah it's difficult to determine because between now and a month from now, or now and six months from now, a lot can happen that can change the dynamic of what you're seeing. Yeah. So the at the adaptive ability of these guys is going to be something to pay attention to. Things change at the drop of a hat in pro wrestling, and not many people understand how to adapt well. That, that's a difficulty.
0: I'll, I'll pepper you then with some specific names then. Uh, Pillman Jr., right?
4: Pillman Jr. has a good future, but it's because he actually cares about this. This is not something that he's just doing. This is something that he has invested in, not only because of his name, but he actually likes doing this. This is something that he has an affinity for. So there's a personal investment involved in that, and it comes out in his portrayal, in his activity.
0: Yeah. And what do you think about uh, the Lucha Brothers? I just got done talking with Phoenix, and it's incredible to hear that passion. I mean, these guys know they're role models right now for you know, young Hispanic kids who are looking for those luchador superheroes at the moment?
4: Well, with Phoenix and Pentagon, they were in Japan with me as young boys. Oh, okay. So they were brought over at, I didn't a, know low, that. at a low end. And I believe it was with uh, Pro Wrestling Noah that they were brought over while I was with New Japan. And I was introduced to them over there. Oh, wow. And so we have a relatable past in being foreigners, going to a foreign land, and then having to earn your stripes over there and succeed. They understand coming from nothing and making it into something and then having a responsibility in the position you're in that's something that a lot of people don't take consideration for once they achieve that level of success yeah you know everyone is human so they make their mistakes but it's a different dynamic with penta and phoenix because they're actually brothers yeah so there is a a much deeper connection with responsibility they're also family men there's a difference in maturity associated with their decision making so There's a reason why they would attack champions for so long. They're really good at what they do. Mm -hmm. I matched up with Phoenix in September of last year on my birthday. We went at it. But he knows what he's doing. I know what I'm doing. So that's when it gets to be really fun for the audience.
0: And uh, I guess I'll wrap here. I know you got to get over there or get back to prepping for your match with Tom. But, uh, you know, You've had such a cool career, Loki. Like, I'm not going to lie. I, I don't know that I've ever got to interview one on you one-on-one. On one. Mm. I really did get this scary vibe off you when we started. You shot me that glance. You're an intimidating, badass pro wrestler. I, I know MLW is a great place for you here. You're shining brightly. You're in the main event. But what goals do you have left, man? Like, what do you want in 2019? What do you, what do you still have left to get out of pro wrestling after all the stuff you've been able to do?
4: That's a very interesting question because the natural transition for me is out of the ring into the teaching position. I've achieved everything I've set out to do. Yeah. And I've done it multiple times. I know. In multiple places. Yeah. So I'm a living example of the determination that it takes to succeed without having a machine behind you. I'm self-determined. Everything that I have done, it was through trial and error. I've had to fail, fall flat on my face, pick myself up, and get back to work. I've had to go through a lot of hard, tough, and harsh experience to become who I am. But at the same time, I understand I didn't start off blind. I had extremely good mentors, and those are the guys who are responsible for my success. I've never claimed my success is mine, Yeah, but in a natural evolution, they prep me for going on to a path which is different than everybody else's because I don't follow everybody else.
0: I Yeah, you're notorious for that.
4: So, even with that respect, understanding that nothing is going to last forever. And the natural transition is I've achieved all the stuff I've wanted to do. I just became the longest reigning, uh, I believe, MLW champion. You or were, yeah. if, if not the longest reigning, the most title defenses. Yeah. I got eight before uh, Tom defeated me. Right. So, with respect to what's going on now, for me moving forward, the natural evolution is to continue to compete at the highest level as my body can take. I'm going on 40. But I've got 21 years in this already. So, your body can only take but so much.
0: How much longer do you think you have? I mean, I feel like you're talking a little doom
4: and gloom. Well, my goal was to go until 50. Okay. So, i got another 11 years in this. But... That's the nature of the older generation guys. Ricky Choshu, Gran Hamada, um, Sabu. Older generation guys who achieved the 30 year mark. If I go to 50, I hit that mark. So I'm aiming for that. If I can get away with once a year, as I've gotten getting closer to that age group, I can manage that, but I still want to push it to 50. However, Mm -hmm. with respect to what you said earlier, the transition for me, it's not necessarily to keep pushing my body because I'm not, I'm not a guy who's going after world titles any longer. Yeah. You know, I've already done what I've done, and to, it's almost like what Anderson Silva said when he lost to Chris Weidman. To maintain that level of preparedness is a lot of work. Not everybody can do that. I've done it for 20 years. I continue to operate on a higher level than most, however... I also got to understand that my body can only take but so much so i have to wean myself out not to create further damage teaching moving into the teaching realm whether i'm behind the scenes here at mlw or i have my my school and i'm teaching people personally my goal is to create the best situation possible that's how i've always done it no matter who i'm matched up with even if it's a terrible matchup i try to get the best out of my people that's the way that i work that's the way i've always worked so my natural transition is to get out of the ring, into the teaching position, whether behind the scenes or behind the camera for producing or being in the ring and being coaching for younger people. Because right now, I understand from being around so long what the rift is between the older generation and the younger generation. I'm the I'm the guy who can mend those two those two worlds.
0: Yeah, there's there's a handful of guys that could do that. UPCO is kind of doing the same thing right now. You know, mm-hmm. I wish Waltman, you know, was getting booked more, but you know, he's got an element. I, I see a lot of what Sean does and what you do as well. So, mm-hmm. anyway, I know I could sit here and pick your brain here. I've, I've already <laughs> taken too much time. No, Key, I want to thank you so much. Best of luck tonight in your steel cage match against Tom Lawler and taking back that world title tonight.
4: All right, that's the goal. Thank you, man.
0: My pleasure. Thank you very much, Justin, for joining me at the top of the show to talk all that news. Thank you, Tony Schiavone, for taking the time as well. And Loki, really enjoyed both those conversations. I hope you all uh, did as well. If you do, go over to our iTunes page, Wrestling Inc. Audio. Leave a nice message. Leave a five-star review. I should plug that more often. Do that. You can also go over on Twitter. Use the hashtag Winkly, W-I-N-C-L-Y. I'm going to do it tomorrow. It's on my run sheet. I wrote it in. I've already got a couple really great tweets from people using the hashtag Winkly. Winkly. Get yours in now. We're going to do a mailbag segment at the end of the show. Michael Weissman will be on tomorrow uh, as he and Justin switch days this week. And uh, also on the show tomorrow, uh, two more interviews. Uh, I have an interview I did with Glenn Gilberty, Justin, from Impact Wrestling, talking about uh, his feud with Scarlett Brudeau and some of his comments about women. It's very, it's, uh, it's a very different kind of interview. I felt like it was... Uh, it's just very different. It's not like a wrestling interview. Like he came in a little defensive about his his opinions, you know. So it's to...
1: he he's so sexy. He's so cool. He's just a disco dancing fool. Yeah. When you see him on the floor, the girls are screaming. They want more, more, more. Disco. That's that's the, that's the lyrics to his WCW theme song, by the way.
0: Yeah, that's fine. I'm gonna pull that clip and maybe play it before the interview tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Um. So he'll be on. We talk all about uh, Intergender Wrestling and his match with Scarlet. And also tomorrow on the show, uh, I started off uh, Andy Melnaski, who's going to be uh, the announcer at WWE's live event in Elmira this weekend uh, on Saturday. Uh, he's actually we've got his uh, latest interview. He interviewed Tully Blanchard of the Four Horsemen. So you're going to get Glenn Gilberty and Tully Blanchard on the same show, Justin. uh oh, what a what a what a wonderful stew of content we have here on the uh, Winkly every day. Uh, I, can only
1: what, I can only imagine what Tully thinks of this go Inferno.
0: Oh, it doesn't. I don't think that they don't. I don't think that their opinions of one another uh, come up in their conversations. But very fun way to end the week tomorrow. I'm very much looking forward to it. Um, and, uh, yeah, Justin, what do you want to plug, promote, put over here to wrap up uh, the Wednesday Winkly?
1: course as i said go to tailgatejoe.com. that's where we'll be doing that's where you can register for your spot to, to be part of the tailgate with me outside of metlife stadium on mania day it's 55 bucks all you can eat all you can drink uh, make sure you register your spot when you do register use the code 17a and of course follow my social media at justin Lavar i will not be on the podcast tomorrow michael will be here in my thursday place i will be at a pretty cool event uh with uh triple h and stephanie and so i don't want to oversell what i might or might not have but just follow along on my social media and hopefully i'll have some interesting things for you to uh to take in
0: awesome and we'll talk all about whatever justin's doing tomorrow next week on the show and i'm also i'm gonna just vent about total bellas again to you uh whenever you're back on as well because uh so many feelings when i think about the show uh, I, uh if you want to hear all of my if you want to follow my live tweets uh about ross smackdown total bellas whatever uh head on over to twitter i'm at wink rebel w-i-n-c rebel uh really enjoy hearing from everybody and uh getting to to talk along with you there uh thanks so much for tuning in i'll talk to you tomorrow and remember if you winked you didn't miss it